0: Hello, sir. How are you? Good. How are you? Back again. Not Ben. <laughs> not
1: Ben. I am not Ben. How is Ben going to feel when he finds out that he's been removed from the podcast and my head is in the, in the uh, logo? uh
0: Devastated, yeah. I think. Um, he's going to regret going to Hong Kong. That's right.
1: <laughs> I think you texted me and you're like, that's what you get for going to Hong Kong, sir. <laughs> we were joking about yeah. it. So. We miss you, Ben. We yeah, know you're coming back. We do. Back.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I think figured we had such a good time last time and I think we had we probably could have kept talking for another hour or, or I think, so. I
1: think we did. We just didn't record it. Yeah, actually.
0: <laughs> we just basically like my, my hard drive started to run out of disk space. We it was a little touch and go there for a while. I thought maybe we weren't gonna be able to get the capture the video because that was like rapidly deleting files off the computer was funny what should
1: i delete i don't know i did that
0: dropbox folder and like moved gigs 86 gigs or something Mm -hmm. yeah
1: so yeah so the b team is back
0: yeah here (laughs) so yeah we did video last week this time we're just doing audio um but uh yeah that was that was cool posted that on youtube and got a couple hundred views so that was nice some good positive comments i
1: know yeah i haven't done much video so it was uh it it was definitely fun to see that yeah yeah cool it's fun so let's kick it off with a level update. I'm curious yeah. what's happened in the last week.
0: Yeah, so um, I've been writing a lot of code, and I was feeling a little bad that my list hadn't heard from me for just over a month, I think, with, with you know, MicroConf and getting sick and sort of taking a little time off to visit family. I just, it's funny how quickly time passes. Yeah, I did get an email update out to them, and the excuse for emailing was primarily the, our video chat mm. and then sent a few other updates uh, talked about my uh, my new acquisition of level.app and the new home for level and and setting up stripe so you know got to share a few bits of, of just updates with with the audience yeah making good progress on the code base i think i'm trying to sort of lay some solid foundations that will establish good patterns to apply as i build out the whole domain so i basically got it working so that when you, like I'm starting with creating groups because that's where posts will primarily live. And so I kind of wired up the whole flow to where when you create a group and you decide to- um, A group is like a channel. A group is like a channel, yeah. I'm using the term bookmarking, but, like, basically, if you want that group to appear on your um, on your sidebar, then you can just basically pin it to your sidebar or yeah. bookmark it. And so I got the flow set up. When you create a group, it automatically bookmarks it for you. And when a bookmark is created, it sends a, a basically, notification down a WebSocket, updates the front end, and the front end adds it to the sidebar. So it sort of completes the whole loop and that's you know basically a pattern that going will have to apply everywhere anytime you know a user updates their status or a new post gets created i need that solid like loop to complete so that updates just propagate down to the front end right so it's i mean it's always fun to get kind of that set up so i have two browser windows open and i go like create it in the graphql console and hit the send button and it propagates down to the front end in the other browser window. It Just seeing that never gets old. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that creativity, man. Yeah. It's like, boom, it's coming to life. That's, yeah. that's the dopamine rush, right? Yeah. It's like actually having something like that. Yeah. That's, that's super cool. Yeah. Complete in the loop. So question for you. I was, I was thinking about what we talked about last week where we were talking about my, you know, I said, I was jokingly saying like, when are we going to see mock-ups, you know? Yeah. And we were talking about having, uh, how it might be difficult since you are threading this needle of, of use. And if you just put a mock-up out that kind of looks like mm-hmm. any other chat thing, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to get, how, how is it different? And I started thinking, how long would it take you to build a, like a quasi-functional prototype in Envision mm. or, or mm-hmm. equivalent? Mm-hmm. Um, remember when we were we were doing the um, the email builder, Yeah, you know, Drip is, is launching a visual email builder and you and I, uh, along with a designer and, and a product guy, we we kind of prototyped it. Well, we, we figured out how, what it was going to do functionally. And then the designer went off and built uh, a prototype and he hacked it together with, I don't know, spit and CSS or something, <laughs> right? And there was some, some yeah. JavaScript in it, but not, yeah. none, you know, very little of it went into production. And we then had people use it. And remember how much we learned? Yeah. And we were like, uh-oh, you know, like yeah. we made some really poor choices here. We made some really great choices here. We hammered on it, hammered on it. And we did two weeks, maybe, or three weeks of of kind of usability testing. Most of it was just hallway. We just pulled people, yeah. hit, pulled the sales guy, pulled the, this person. The learnings from that were so substantial. Yeah. And it was so nice that we had no code behind it. Right. And so I started thinking about that lesson. I mean, this is this is UX 101 these mm-hmm. days, right? This is mm-hmm. what everyone does. But you and I have traditionally not done that, mm-hmm. right? We've typically built, um, you know, gone off on the... The into the basement, gone off on the genius track, and been like, no, we're really good at this, you know, yeah. and and that has worked out in general. I mean, we built a great product with Drip, but thinking of the a level of uncertainty, the amount of uncertainty that you have right now, mm-hmm. would you consider, you know, what do you think about that approach about yeah. taking three, four, five days and then getting on people, you know, screen share where they can control and click through or whatever, yeah. whatever you, however you did it?
0: It's undeniable that you know we saw the success of that with the email builder project, and I think particularly on that, because there's so much nuance packed into this user interface. And like, um, you know, a lot of richness behind each click and each little, um, you know, hover your mouse in this direction, in this like area of the email, and you'll get this little icon. And then what does this icon mean? And so there's a lot of, I mean, that one was like, you know, um, super dense in terms of you know the user having it to discover how to operate the the user interface, and I think it's not quite you know not quite the same in terms of user interface density, I guess, with this. But um, so I'm not sure I would be looking so much for are people outright confused because I think the it should be a simpler path through the interface. But I think it's probably the wise thing to do mm-hmm. um, to at least I guess I would have to figure out what's the critical path for for getting that feedback cuz obviously there's there's a lot of elements that you could mock mm-hmm. up and you wouldn't want to do all of them. So right. So would it be like the the first run experience all the way through to or see, or not first run experience? I'm
1: not see I you're going to build a great first run experience, I have no doubt about that. Yeah. So I think of this as less as a of a usability thing. It's not mm-hmm. like, "Oh, is level going to be usable?" I think it's going to be Yeah. The biggest uncertainty of this entire project in my head is not whether you can build it, whether you can build a great product. It is, can you thread this needle? Mm. Are you going to be between Slack on one end with a lot of interruptions and Swift? What is it called? (laughs) Twist. (laughs) Twist, thank you. I never have a mental block. But Twist or whoever else is trying to be less interruptive. Can you build a superior experience? And Mm. that is it. So if you could just get that kernel of you pop them into basically a mock-up and be like, this is like, it's not even can you use this, but... Here is how the paradigm is different. Right. It is all you're trying to figure
0: out. And kind of closely watch them. And if they're like, oh, yeah, this does make sense. Or if they're like, see, I just couldn't see this, like, working out because I like to get push notifications at this time. or You know, right. that kind of feedback. I yeah. Guess what you're thinking. I yeah. Think that's
1: what we're looking for. Which is hard because, you know, that where my analogy breaks down with the email builder is the email builder is a solitary experience. And yeah. like I said, it's very compact UI. I don't need anyone else there mm-hmm. to build an email. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm building it. And I'm looking at something. I'm building it, B- mocking up a chat app. You have to have fake messages, so the person has to get into a fake mindset of right. like, "Well, this isn't my real coworker," so it's it's hard to simulate what it will actually feel like. Yeah. But I'm wondering if you can get seventy percent of the way. There, yeah. You know. I, and I don't I don't know the answer to that.
0: Yeah. One of the things, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it open um, as we're talking. I started making a spreadsheet, just kind of brain dumping into it. And I think actually, if we have a whiteboarding session, this could be an interesting thing to think through and make sure that we're covering each of these scenarios. So basically, I'm, I'm trying to categorize all the different types of communication that occurs currently in Slack or email or just in general in the workplace hmm. and trying to like figure out what facets are there that make them unique from each other. Yeah. And how can I make sure that I'm satisfying yeah. each of those? That's a
1: really good way to do it. It's, um, like, a, it's like a truth table, but not.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I have, like, broadly speaking, and some of these might be a little bit redundant, but I have, you know, um, seven different types of communication that occurs. I have, um, you know, people asking questions of one another, um, people just putting out greetings, like saying good morning to to their colleagues. Um, I have emergencies, so servers on fire, or there's an escalation in you know exceptions coming through the tracking app.
1: Someone's trapped in an elevator.
0: Yeah, that, that did happen on my final day trip.
1: <laughs> Not to you, to someone else, yeah. but
0: it is. Um, I have like show and tell, just someone saying, like, hey, I worked on this thing, and either, you know, either just either getting feedback or just just, you know, they're proud of what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um well, we have like brainstorming, which is more like Let's get a subset of the team together to specifically hash out an idea. General just broadcast announcements, uh, like, you know, FYI, we're having a all hands party on next right. Friday.
1: There's tacos on the second floor. Yep. Yeah.
0: And then like private HR type related question like conversations between maybe a manager and their one of their direct reports or mm-hmm.
1: something. Got it. And, oh, I see. And then you have group or individual for some of these. Because I was going to say, sometimes yeah. a question I might ask you directly, yep. or sometimes I might put it into a channel, the, the, the design channel or yeah. design group as you're talking yeah. about. So I see. And so like for questions, you have it as both.
0: Yep. Cool. Yep. Questions are, are both group and individual. Greetings are usually Usually I'm not just saying good morning to one person. That's like right. it's intended to be a message broadcasted to my at least immediate team. Yeah. Emergencies <laughs> are usually group efforts because you're not yeah. just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sending siloing. a beacon out to one person. <laughs> right. Um, uh, you know, show and tell could be both. Brainstorming could be with one on one or with mm-hmm. a group. Um, announcements are always group. And, you know, HR stuff's always individual. Mm-hmm. So. And then also, I have on there the the facet of does this need does this need response at all? Yep. And you know, announcements and greetings generally no. People really can no. just read it, maybe react. Well,
1: that's what I was gonna say. No yeah. response, but reaction. And I don't know if that's a separate thing yeah. or if that's just built in and it's everywhere. Yeah. You know.
0: So kind of as we're talking this through, um, I feel like one approach I could take is to sort of build a mocked flow for. Maybe not all of these, but a few of them. That's like, okay, here's the flow. If a team member needs to ask a question of another team member, they would. Here's the steps you mm-hmm. would take, and a kind mm-hmm. of walk through, and and then like, here's how you know mm-hmm. you can step away, come back, and this is what it looks like in your inbox. Yep. So you know, I like that. Depending I, on the urgency, yeah. like if it's an emergency, here's what your inbox will look like when an emergency is happening, mm-hmm. and here's you know, here's where you will get a push notification or where you won't.
1: Yep. I think that's big. And I don't think you need to build all seven of these. No. But I, when I think of the most common, it's, you know, it's going to be questions, emergencies, announcements. was probably the first three I would yeah. do. Because every morning when we got into, um, you know, when we got into work, there tended to be some announcement of someone's anniversary or a birthday or yeah. whatever. And it was like, yeah, I want to see that and give it a thumbs up or, a you know, a, yeah. a, you know, a, a shaking penguin or whatever. he <laughs> right. Nance part of his head or whatever, part <laughs> of Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Cause that's, that was a big, it was like, oh, this is cool. But I hate that it's in my, my main channel yeah. every day, you know? Yeah. So, so that would actually be a pain point I think you could address. Mm-hmm. And then of course, questions is super common mm-hmm. and emergencies are what a lot of us think about, you know, mm-hmm. so, th- those are the three on the top of my head that mm-hmm. I think you could, that's the way to do it, man. Because then, because I was concerned when I was even suggesting this, it's like, how do you simulate an entire chat yeah. experience, you know? Yeah. And you don't, you just have these three use cases that you put right. out. So. And
0: that's, I'm glad you brought it up too, because yeah, you know, I've been trying to answer the question of you're presented with the box to type a message in. And how do you how do you make sure when you hit the send button that it's being treated properly? Like, do I automatically detect it's a question or do you explicitly categorize it yourself as a question or an emergency? I think certain things like an emergency, I think there needs to be a control right there in the UI that's like, Toggle. This is an emergency or this is urgent. Yeah. But other things, it's like I don't. I don't know if you should always categorize. This is a greeting versus this is a question versus this is an announcement. Yeah. Um. I mean that that puts a lot of burden on the user, and yeah. I think it's critical keeping the number of um controls on that text yep. box to a minimum.
1: If you were to do that, you would have to try to auto detect. Yeah. So that you would have these seven different statuses or whatever. Maybe yeah. there's not even seven as you break it down. But yeah. um, the, when I type and there is a question mark, you know, that'd be the first thing. Yeah. It's like, bing, it automatically tags it or whatever, categorizes yeah. a question. And I could, of course, change that, but you, you'd have to do that because otherwise it's too cumbersome, right? That would then be the, every time you have to think through what, I don't know, is it a greeting or an announcement? What's really the difference? And blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. So I would have to almost see a flow or we'd have to whiteboard it out to really think think through what yeah. that. And and to think about what difference that actually makes in the behavior of each of these, right? Right. Essentially, you need a some type of workflow or some type of uh, diagram Mm -hmm. of how each of these behaves differently. Well, what does Mm -hmm. it do in the left nav? Well, what does it do in the this? Well, how does it notify? And blah blah. Um, and then I would almost look for which of these have commonalities. Yeah. And then try to smash those into like greetings slash announcements. Are kind of the same thing mm-hmm. in the way we behave. So let's not have, you know, seven different mm-hmm. ones. So then mm-hmm. you could smash the truth table down, right? Right. So, right.
0: Yeah. I think that's going to be a great exercise. We should, we should do that soon. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I know. I mean, I could do it alone, but I mean, I think it's going to be better, uh, better with yeah. another mind there For thinking sure. about it. So. Cool. Yeah. That's what
1: I was going to ask because you were, you invited me to whiteboard and I don't, yeah. you know, I don't have time today. Um, but I was going to ask, is it a time? Cause sometimes, you're in a project where it's just not a good time to whiteboard. You don't yeah. have anything that you need whiteboarding, yeah. you know. And other times it's like, no, this is this is kind of critical. So
0: yeah, I felt like, um, you know, a month ago I probably wouldn't have had. It, it was just too nascent, like yeah. too early on. I was still just like thinking through what are the colors going to look like and what's the yeah. <laughs> what's yeah. the identity of this thing and how's does it have a sidebar? Does it have a top nav? And I don't know. There's just too many questions floating around. I think I have more clarity around. Like it, it's starting to, get, it's like fuzzy. Like I, I still, I'm not seeing 2020 on it yet, but it's like coming into clarity right now. Yeah. And uh, and so now I think there's, it's a good opportunity to start hashing out some of these finer details. Yeah, that's cool. I was, um,
1: I was thinking, you know, obviously you're, you're in the peak kind of creative mode, mode right now, right? And I had a thought on that. I kind of had this theory I was developing in my head, or just thinking about stuff. But before I, I dive into that, I wanted to ask. Are you enjoying, like,
0: is this a lot of fun for you mm. right now? It is, yeah. Is it, it
1: fun or is it stressful or is it both? It's
0: a, it's a combination of both, to okay. be honest. Um, I think I, I find myself uh, getting, like, if I don't feel like I have have a good deliverable for the day, then I will be <laughs> in a somewhat of a bad mood at yeah. the end of the workday. And it's yeah. kind of, I have to really be deliberate about pulling myself out of that and, and forcing myself to stop. Otherwise, I'll just want to keep, like, it'll just be on my mind through the evening, even if it's leaving something undone, but knowing exactly where to come into it the next day. Like that's, that's a big thing that usually, like if I have a breakthrough right at the end of the day, even if I don't get through it, but I know exactly what I need to do, that leaves me in a good mental state. So a lot of it is about like, what kind of progress do I make? Do I feel like I make a stride forward during the day? Mm -hmm. And if I do, then, then I'm usually happier if I have some kind of like realization that leaves me something to work on the next day yeah, yeah uh, so good. it's it's a roller coaster yeah, but um, yeah, I know
1: is that and that's a good productivity tactic. I don't know, you know, folks have, have heard that before, but to because it's often hard to get started in the in the morning, right yeah. and you typically well, I'm gonna go look at email, I'm gonna go look at Twitter or Reddit or whatever, but if you have that thing that you left the night before that you know you're just gonna hit the ground running like yeah. I will get in and close browsers and just be like, you know, if you got it, it's like, oh, I'm right at the point where I'm going to hit something. So this, to get, to get back to this, I won't even say it's a theory. It's just something I was noodling on. And I was, I was thinking of where you are, you know, at the start of this project and how much fun that is and the creativity, Mm -hmm. but also this tremendous amount of uncertainty Mm -hmm. because that's what gets you right. It's like, you don't know if anyone will care, you know, at this point. And, and that can then add stress. So it's, it's this. Creativity is the the positive thing, and it's why we do this, right? It's the fun, and uncertainty is is I would say it's the negative, and they're both highest at the start, mm-hmm. and then as a project matures, you know, think about Drip four or five years in, yeah. Think about uh, well, I think about Hit Tail. by the time you know I was done with it. I think about .NET Invoice and, and everything, but Drip, since you and I shared that experience,
0: mm-hmm.
1: four years in, it was a lot less creative, yeah, right, because you have legacy constraints, you have tens of thousands of customers. So you can't just do things. It's harder to get things done because the app, the code base is big and blah, blah, blah. Even though it was a healthy code base, it was hard. So creativity certainly decreases and as a team gets larger, it it decreases. But the uncertainty goes way down. Right. I, I always felt, like I felt like the roadmap almost wrote itself the mm-hmm. last time you know we did a one-year roadmap right before we left and mm-hmm. it was like it was kind of easy we know you know it was much different so yeah but then it kind of i will say gets it can potentially get boring yeah you know? and there's a reason that i jump ship on things every 18 months oh, i think
0: that's like the the you know stereotypical cushy programmer job is yep. one where like i'm coming in to write this code that basically has like someone just needs to hit the keystrokes on it. We know exactly what the requirements are and it's just maintenance work and not, you know, yeah. it's lacking I think a big part of why those are unfulfilling is cuz it's lacking that that creativity mm-hmm. factor.
1: So for some people that's fine. Like I have I have a really good friend who has worked for we started uh, at competing like web dev agencies in Sacramento hmm. in the year 2000. <laughs> He still works there and I've had 17 jobs since then, you know, which is fine. And we're still really good friends. Yeah, He's just cool with it, you know, and he's, he would, he never wanted to take the risk. The uncertainty was too scary for him, but he also tells me, he's like, "Uh, it's really not fulfilling. I'm not being creative or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but I think for people like us who have to, and probably Mm -hmm. most folks who are listening to this podcast, like they kind of have that outlet where they need to be creative. Yeah. And so I think that's what, what I realized is there is no, um. You know, there's no it's always greener on the other side, because right. once you get four years into an app, it's like, oh, it's generating all this revenue and it's successful. And, but it's like, huh, this isn't as fun as it used to be. Mm-hmm. But going back to where it used to be is stressful, mm-hmm. you know, even though it increases.
0: Right. So that's where like, I mean, Basecamp has like basically rewritten their product multiple times. Do you yeah. think that I mean that I wouldn't recommend that to everybody. No. And they had. Reasons for doing it, I think, mainly was that they wanted to make radical changes to the product. Like, they had just a bunch of new ideas about how to approach project Mm -hmm. management and couldn't – like, they were locked in by all their customers who were accustomed to everything working the way it already was. But, yeah, what do you think about that?
1: Well, and, and they've talked about how they also did that. To stay interested because they were getting bored. Yeah. So you know they hit that point where the uncertainty was gone. Roadmap's writing itself and yeah. things and you know, and and their creativity was also gone. Yeah. So I think they did it as um as that. I think they have the luxury of doing that. I mean, they're mm-hmm. very much an edge case. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, I can't imagine trying to do that with a business that's not throwing off tens of millions right. of dollars in free cash flow a year, probably. Yeah. Know, I'm guessing that, that that's what they have. So I think that's an awesome way if you could swing it. You mm-hmm. know, I don't think most businesses can, and I think that's the struggle. I think that's why founders, founders all, not always founders, tend to leave startups mm-hmm. after a few mm-hmm. years because it, it, the creativity and the uncertainty both decrease. And while those are again one's positive and one's negative, I think that that the founder kind of mentality kind of needs that. You know, the creative yeah. mentality. So
0: yeah. Well, I think that summarizes pretty well why I felt like. Pretty strongly that it was the time to move on from Drip yeah. was because, I mean, I love my teammates and you know we like I really enjoyed coming into work every day and seeing all those people and working with very talented, smart, you know, kind people. And not that I don't like the the leadership role mm-hmm. and and you know helping like my primary job towards the end was just helping my teammates produce awesome work and not so much me actually do- doing the work. You know, and I do enjoy that and get fulfillment from that. But I think, I think it's less about me writing the code and more about the stage that the company is at and just the nature of, of, um, how much creativity is going into, um, making, you know, big, big steps forward on the product and delighting customers in, in big new ways and stuff. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Which is a big, in the early stage, you're taking, you know, bigger risks and doing things that are, that can truly be, like massively innovative, and that gets harder and harder the further on you are. But again, because of the tens of thousands of customers or just the legacy and the size of the code base or Mm -hmm. the size of the team, you know? So yeah. makes a lot of sense. I don't miss having Slack, I told you. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Um, I mean, there are certain things I don't miss about the job at all, Mm -hmm. Uh, fighting with spammers and Mm -hmm. blacklists. You know, there was all Mm -hmm. this stuff. I truly do miss going into the office. Yeah. And I was like in a perfect, and this will never happen, right? But like in a perfect world, I think I would go into that office like two days a week and just work on my own stuff. Almost mm-hmm. use it as a co-working space because <laughs> yeah. I like seeing the people, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was a funny realization of like, what would right. it look like, you know? Yeah. So.
0: And maybe like that means like if you're with a company you're in your startup and you're like five years in and, but maybe you're still independent or whatever, then maybe you peel yourself, you fire yourself from almost everything and you kind of become founder in residence and yep. just sort of hang around hang then the thing to you know be wary of in that scenario is to not undermine um yeah. the people you've that's the problem you hired gonna, to replace yourself you're you gonna know. get
1: pulled into meetings yeah you
0: know where they're gonna ask you your opinion
1: and since you're the founder and especially as you're, you're the founder everyone's gonna give it more weight than they should mm-hmm. frankly mm-hmm. especially as you become less and less connected or less and less familiar with what's going on yeah. um, right towards the end last couple of weeks i remember someone asked me a question i was like you're, I just don't know. You're going to have to ask Brendan, you know, and that was the right response. I can imagine some people feeling like they need all the answers just answering. And that, yeah. would, that would have been a mistake. So. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. So I have a question for you. Yes. I have been approached. So for, I don't know, let's just say, well, for the past probably five plus years, I get maybe an email a month asking, you know, will you be my mentor or mm-hmm. will you be, uh, do one-on-one consulting It's the mm-hmm. other thing of like, I'm starting a startup. And, you know, I can pay you this much or whatever. Are you on clarity? That kind of stuff, which is a per hour or mm-hmm. I'm sorry, a per minute, you know, phone thing. And I've never, I've never done it because A, it didn't sound interesting. B, I never had the time, mm-hmm. right? I didn't want to add that extra thing to my calendar that mm-hmm. I have to stop and interrupt and, and all this stuff. A mutual friend of ours, a guy who comes at MicroConf, um, emailed me maybe a year ago and asked, and I was like, oh man, I really like you. And I, you know, you have a business that's interesting to me I'd mm-hmm. love to talk about it. Um, but I just don't have the headspace. I mean, a year ago, we were mired in all, you know, just trying yeah. to get the cues clear and all this stuff. Yeah. You know? So he knows that I left Drip, and he emailed me a week ago. And he's like, hey. <laughs> I <laughs> hear that, you have some free time. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. He's like, so what are you doing? You know, do you a yeah. call a month you know, or two calls a month? And I, I was initially like, nope, I just don't do that. But it was like, wait, why don't I do that? Mm-hmm. You know, so I reevaluated. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing a pilot with mm-hmm. him. And it, it is only one call a month. I would frankly do more. Um, he's super efficient with it. And, and he's, you know, he's paying obviously. And it's really, it was, we had our first one yesterday and it was so much fun, dude. Mm. Because A, I know him and I, like, I understand where he is and I didn't have to ask him much, like, I know his mindset. He's like us, you know, yeah. he's, he's the creative and he wants to either bootstrap it to, for the lifestyle or perhaps, you know, do a big acquisition at some, but not big, but an acquisition, a yeah. life-changing acquisition. Um, I know the product well enough. And I felt like I was able to validate stuff that he was asking really easily. Because, I mean, just by looking at numbers at this point, I can be like, oh, well, here's your problem. I was yeah. like, yeah, your, your churn is amazing. Like, that's great. But it's like, you know, your ARPU is like, you got to fix that. And he's like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. And mm-hmm. so I was it, he, it was a sanity check on him. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, I was throwing something that I was like, here's what I would do, you know, with your pricing and blah, blah, blah. I would at least test this. It was all off the top of my head, but it all he was like, this is super valuable. Yeah. And I realized, wow, I actually know some stuff. You know <laughs> right. After doing that, like you, you take for granted of like, no, 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 I'm just like everybody else or whatever. But it's like, yeah. no, I actually have experience doing mm-hmm. things, right? So that's the setup. I'm considering doing... Uh, just a handful of like weekly Mm -hmm. people and, and charging, you know, a 1500 a month or two grand, Mm -hmm. like a a substantial amount of money Mm -hmm. because I believe I bring that value, you know? Yeah. Um, And I've heard other people doing this who, who some who know what they're doing and some who don't, you know? Yeah. Um, And so that, that's it. I'm just, I'm thinking about that and curious what, what you think.
0: You know, we've had a lot of conversations about um, what are some of your favorite parts about, you know, even towards the tail end of drip where you were mostly, mostly there in a lot of meetings to offer these types of insights, sort of things that you've, you know, you're not necessarily the guy who's going to do a bunch of MBA style research and whatever. It's more like you've learned these things over the course of just building startups and and you have a lot of like, um, like you said, just a lot of intuition, I guess, built up about when you see certain things happening, how should you approach fixing them? And I think, you know, when you've talked to me, you've said like, that's some of your favorite Mm -hmm. um, favorite type of work to be doing. Mm -hmm. So this seems, you know, on the surface seems in alignment with Mm -hmm. what you enjoy. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been um, I've been wondering how, like, I think you need that or you're going to get really bored, you know? And, and I know you're, you're taking some time right now to, just sort of decompress from from the last five years. But I feel like this is potentially one way to get those creative juices flowing for you without necessarily diving straight into another startup, um, which comes with all its stresses. It's like you're getting you're getting the fun parts of doing a startup without actually taking on the risk and
1: living vicariously with yeah, people. Yeah. It's a good point that you make. That's how I viewed um, you know, so I have these handful of angel investments, but I'm only really close to uh, maybe four, three or four of them were like, mm-hmm. I communicate with the founder regularly and sometimes I jump on calls and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's been, that's been fun, which I guess this is the same thing. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and I would even have more, I would almost feel more, no, that's not true. I was going to say I feel more committed to it, but I would definitely feel like I need to drive results each time if you're paying me. You know, yeah. I have a very high kind of bar if I'm accepting a check from you that I'm going to yeah. deliver. I was always concerned in the past, in all honesty, <clears throat> about number one, is it, gonna because fee- i hated consulting dude but it was yeah. when i was coding you know and yeah. that's what like i talked to sherry my wife sherry about it and she was like this is so different man like you yeah. need to give this a try was her thing you know yeah um so i was always concerned that like i didn't like consulting so i'm not gonna like it this time and the other thing that i realized is i think i'm done talking about that pre kind of the idea phase mm-hmm. or the what idea should i pick or how do i validate? you know it's like I'm going only to accept people who have a uh, a business yeah. that is generating whatever it is. There's a number, probably five k or ten k, has some type of thing that yeah. I can because I can look at it and then figure it out. Right. Now, a certain amount
0: of product market fit already, yes, right? That yeah, would be post product market fit,
1: yeah, <laughs> or or at least approaching trying to find, but yeah, yeah, something something in that realm. <laughs> now you would be an exception, you know. As you yeah. think about that, as soon as I say that, it's like, well, would you not talk to me? But it's like, right. no, because you're a repeat founder, you know. Yeah. And I think that would be the exception. Um, but anyways, that's, so I think that's, that's part of the, the velvet rope policy that I would have is mm-hmm. it's like, I'm only going to work with you. I, I can really provide value there. And I just don't know how much value or how much interest I have in the pre. Yeah. And so as soon as I shifted that mindset, it was like two days ago where I was like, why can't I just say that? I can just say that, But yeah. I don't want to work <laughs> with you if you're at this stage, you right. know? Um, it's nothing against that stage or anything. It's just not my expertise at this point, mm-hmm. you know? So, okay. Yeah. Cool. I think, I think the worst, you know, if I were giving myself advice, it's like, What's the worst that could happen? That's right. why I started thinking about it. Right. And it's like, you start it and you don't like it. And yep. then you stop, you know, it's not like these people's businesses depend on you. You weren't there two months ago. So if right. you do it for two months and you're like, oh, this just isn't working. Just say, hey guys, I've decided to stop doing it. Yep. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Yep. So that's, I think, I think I just need to probably figure out some specifics and then email the list, you know,
0: it's a valuable service as long as you're doing it. But it's like, if you decide to end the engagement with somebody or it's just, or maybe you, you like, join on with somebody thinking it's gonna be great and then it just turns out to not be a great fit or yeah. or you're like, I just don't have anything to add, then you can just kind of
1: yeah, what's the step out
0: and and it's not like you it's not like you've been hired to write someone's MVP and do like software, you know, software right. consulting where like, you know, I think if I were if I were doing like software consulting and someone was was, you know, paying me to do something substantial like right there, MVP I would take on a lot of like totally. oh, now I'm, I'm responsible for helping this person succeed in their business in a major way but um, it's it's different in this type yeah. of engagement so yeah it truly
1: is consulting rather than you know yeah writing code for people right yeah it's where where you are a, you become a <clears throat> linchpin and it's really hard there's a high switching cost where right. it's like, I oh, know I gotta find another developer and they don't know the code and yeah. you know the deployment and all this this is much much less than that
0: so yeah yeah I cool. like it I guess we can wrap it. We, we should do, um, you want a guest next week?
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Sure. Um, yeah, I may need to do a remote. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. I think we have a couple of episodes. I may okay. just need to go home and like record a solo episode and throw it on somebody's feed. To <laughs> all this stuff I've been thinking about, or yeah. maybe I should start blogging again. That's actually what I've been thinking about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So cool. Okay. Cool. Let's wrap it. Um, yeah, you can find the show notes for this episode at art and, Thanks again for being on, Rob.
1: Yeah, my pleasure, man. Postlude. All right, we won't <laughs> we won't go too long.
0: No. Yeah, I'm trying to keep. See, we could have gone a lot longer, but we were just talking before the show, like um, trying not to. Uh, folks are used to approximately 30 minute episodes on our feed, and I don't want anyone to unsubscribe thinking we're going to now be in the hour long format. So, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, that makes sense. So I have one thing I want to row out yeah. that i've started experimenting with um don't please don't mock me
0: profusely when i say <laughs> this uh
1: soylent ah okay. so i you I, were one of the
0: earliest soylent adopters like you had your i had the powder had the powder it never really worked
1: for me mm-hmm. because of the it's it's stupid but it's for me it's the fact that I had to get a container because I was always at work and I had mm-hmm. to get a container. I had to go, frankly, well, sometimes to the bathroom, but often to the kitchen, fill up the water, had to mix it. And then I had this thing I had to clean. It was just enough friction for me. Yeah. Um, I also don't, like, I don't believe that I should replace all my meals with this. I think that's crazy, right? Yeah. But, like, to eat it instead of a bag of chips for lunch, I think, is a, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so one meal a day or something. Mm-hmm. And I they now have the the pre-packaged plastic um, milk cartons, in essence. Or, okay. or it's a, I don't know, it's a plastic bottle, basically. So
0: pre-mixed. Pre-mixed. Yep. And
1: it just shows up. And they have one that has, they say it's its toilet plus coffee, so mm-hmm. you can drink in the morning. But what it is, is it's caffeine from black tea. Hmm. So it doesn't have mm-hmm. as much of the crash, okay? Mm-hmm. The only reason I got it is I got it, this email from them, and it was like, get one of each flavor for 10 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is never, this is ridiculous, but I'm going to try it. Yeah. And so I am now, because every morning I make myself two eggs. I eat the same thing for breakfast every day. (laughs) Yeah. And then I drink coffee, but I crash hard. So coffee really impacts me. I can only drink half a cup or I get jittery, and then I crash really hard at lunch. Mm And have to drink a bunch more. I've been drinking this Soylent, half a thing of Soylent, so it's Mm -hmm. 200 calories, which is just about the same amount as two fried eggs, at least according to what Google says. Yeah. Fried egg, you know, 90 Uh, calories. Yeah. Yeah. So I drink about half of it. Um... And then if I have a hunger pain, so this is the other thing, is at 10 or between 10 and 11, I always get hungry, mm-hmm. as I know you do, with yeah. fast metabolism, <laughs> yeah. tall, tall dude problems. Yeah. And instead of going, because I would go down and, oh, I'm going to grab some chi-, I mean, I would just grab crap. Right. I'm literally just doing like, you know, I fill my mouth full of the non-caffeinated soylent. Mm-hmm. So I'm both. And it just tides me over for like 30 to 40 minutes. And hmm. then I have a normal lunch. Hmm. And then in the afternoon, I always get starving between three and four. Mm-hmm. And I just do a couple swigs of the non-caffeinated at that mm-hmm. point because I don't want caffeine for the evening. So I'm, I'm like engineering yeah. like what I hope or think is better kind of nutrition. Yeah. Um, and I'm not crashing. Yeah. That's the other weird thing is that is it truly is that whatever they put in there, I kind of want to figure out what they put in there, figure mm-hmm. out if I can brew it myself. Like mm-hmm. if it truly is just black tea. Mm-hmm. And I think they have all their ingredients open sourced or something. So mm-hmm. um, so anyways, I've only been doing it for about two weeks. It's not, you know, it's like three bucks a bottle, I think. Mm-hmm. And if you mix it yourself, I believe it's... Uh, two dollars for the same amount okay so it's not
0: not that like the convenience might be worth it
1: for me me it is at this point but so i'm throwing that out do you think i'm insane and totally buying into the hype
0: no i don't think so i mean i think um i so i got into this conversation with a guy who um is extremely um diligent about his nutrition like I, i i didn't even realize it until getting deep into conversation with him that he is far on the scale of like like sciencing the heck out of his nutrition yeah, and um which always so i have friends and, and acquaintances and tim ferris
1: and stuff who yeah. you know who do that and that always bugs the crap out of me yeah so i'll be honest and I, I don't i'm not that guy yeah and i don't want to be that person yeah. but it's but yeah it's always a little bit irritating
0: I, it it's irritating to me too just because i i think you know in a perfect world like we would all be doing this and uh, operating at our optimum you know um just like giving our body just the fuel that it needs at the right times to be running like a well oiled machine, but then there's the whole uh factor of like being that guy at the dinner party who's like, "Oh, I can only eat uh such and such, and I can't have this you know right. i'm I'm like measuring the amount of fat versus carbohydrate intake I can have and yeah right. can,
1: can you make my meat without the barbecue sauce <laughs> right. you know' it's like, oh, right yeah yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but like one of the interesting things in having a conversation with him, I was trying to, to pull out like, what are some, like some basic, um, you what, know, what are
1: my 80 twenties? Yeah, yeah exactly. The, and that's, and that's what I'm trying to do.
0: Yeah. Yep. And I think, you know, I was asking him like my two important things are, can I still have my, my lattes and cappuccinos and can I still drink red wine? Mm-hmm. Like I know that no one on this earth can really justify, uh, you know, drinking beer for example. Yeah. And so I'm trying to just 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 (laughs) limit no i'm trying to just like limit severely the amount of beer i intake because it's just it's you know like it doesn't come with the heart health benefits that red Mm -hmm. wine does and he actually was saying like um like a lot of people don't have trouble with a with a good well-made like liquor like a whiskey or bourbon or Mm -hmm. something like that like sipping a little bit of that Mm -hmm. is i mean it's dense densely packed with alcohol and not a whole lot of just because it's distilled down, you know, it's not a whole
1: lot of calories. Yeah. Not a whole lot of calories.
0: Um, but so I got some tips from him on like, um, like actually a cappuccino is fine because it, the milk helps like balance out some of the acid and the, Mm. um, the way like the caffeine gets absorbed in your body or something. Like, I think it's good to have that fat with it. And then, uh, he said like red wine, um, the actual best time to have that is not with your meal or after your meal, but before so that your body can like start processing it. I'm probably butchering this terribly, but like get a jump on processing it. And then um, it gets processed in tandem with the food that you eat. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, like, these were all good, like tips just mm-hmm. to, like, I, I basically follow that. I like cooking while sipping wine because mm-hmm. I get, I get an easier buzz when I'm, uh, <laughs>
1: when your stomach is to empty. Yeah.
0: Totally. And he was like, yeah, that's an added benefit is you actually get more of an impact from it. Yep. So, you know, when I'm trying to be, get creative in the kitchen and yeah. pop on some music and I'm cooking, like the it's nice is to is flowing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that that fell into like my typical pattern, yeah. like aligns with, with, um, so yeah. So my whole point, in all that was like, um. I'm guessing, like you're listening. It sounds like you're listening to your body, and your body's telling you, like, if it's not crashing, and you're not getting like overly hungry or shaking, or mm-hmm. like, like I think that goes a long way. Just listening to your body and, mm-hmm. and figuring out, like, um, I think you're probably giving it good fuel at those mm-hmm. at those points in time if mm-hmm. it's sustaining you. So,
1: yeah, that's my sense as well. The other day. I tried to do it for breakfast and lunch mm-hmm. and it did not work well <laughs> at all. And yeah. and by like two or three, I was super jittery, even though I had, didn't drink the caffeine for lunch. It was like, yeah. it caught up with me. It was some weird thing. So that's where I'm like, all right, I'm still going to do, you know, some type of something for lunch that's, yeah. that's physical. So yeah. I think that's going to be my jam.
0: Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm similar in that I I really eat pretty much the same thing for breakfast every day mm-hmm. and I kind of consider that a throwaway meal. I mean, there's, I do crave certain things like, um, like I like to have a little bit of texture at breakfast. Mm -hmm. So I, I did like these waffles from trader joe's that i probably it's probably not the greatest yeah. calories but yeah. that with a fried egg was like ooh, that's good you know yeah really good
1: yeah i knocked out carbs for my breakfasts a couple yeah. uh, two three years ago because i f- they were making me tired and i just found that i didn't i'm not super hungry in the mornings mm-hmm. so i didn't need the carbs to fit mm-hmm. my stomach but a texture thing i could see that yeah driving you towards it so now i'm
0: doing more like yogurt with fresh fruit and a little bit of granola there you go the, like yeah the, but that's the other thing. Like, I feel like I um, have sometimes have a hard time figuring out what, like, the correlation between the things I eat and how I'm feeling. Like, yep. and I think it's good to be in tune with that. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to do a better job of that.
1: I agree. I've been, I've been trying to think more about it, especially yeah. as I, frankly as I get older, just to try to keep the energy level up. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. Well, cool. cool. Awesome. All right, man. Well, should we wrap it? We should. All right. Bye. Until next time.